Since when did the term social or civil rights activism become synonymous with the word poverty? Let's talk about it. Hey guys, welcome to the hashtag Get Real Woke podcast. I'm your host, Frederick D. Scott. I am a private equity investor. I am a business consultant. I am a philanthropist, an author, and a contributing writer for Entrepreneur Magazine. I have over 15 years of experience in the finance industry, and I used to own an investment banking and advisory firm. Currently, I hold designations as a financial modeling and valuation analyst, capital markets and securities analyst, commercial banking and credit analyst, and I also hold a diploma in Islamic finance. And today is hashtag situation Saturday. This is the time during the week where I come on and I take relevant current events that are happening in the business and finance sector and I bring them back to the community, I break them down in a way that's easy for you to understand so we can all hashtag make it make sense. Now, before I get into today's topic, I need everybody to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification, and leave me a comment at the bottom of this video to let me know what you think. If you haven't already, definitely hit the join button if you're on an Android phone, and if you're on an iPhone, hit the link in the description or that's pinned to the comments so you can become a member of the hashtag Real Woke Live Chat community and be eligible to participate in the hashtag Learn to Earn Cash Giveaway, where I am giving away a minimum of $1,000 every month live right here on the hashtag Get Real Woke Podcast. All right, now let's go ahead and get into today's topic. So today's topic is Sean King and privacy violations. And the reason that I decided to do this podcast episode is because, you know, so first of all, this hit very close to home for me, you know, as I've been through things uh, in the course of my trajectory uh, to where I am in in my career uh, currently. And, And moreover, you know, being in the press, being a public figure, doing things like that, I can definitely understand and identify with the level of risk. Uh, that is associated with that. And, you know, so for me, right, when I saw what was happening with Sean King, you know, that 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 kind of hurt my heart a little bit because I can understand and identify again with how serious this is uh, when you do uh, what Sean King does. So if you're not familiar with this situation, let me give you a little bit of background. Okay. So first of all, Sean King is a, what I would consider a social activist or a civil rights activist. And what he does is he fights for the rights of our community. He highlights issues that are going on that are affecting our community. He raises the awareness and he does what he can to bring about change and reshape the public opinion 
as it relates to various things that go on uh, within our community and that happen to our community that shouldn't be happening. For example, mass incarceration, you know, he deals with police brutality uh, and all of the things that fall out from dealing with those things. Right. And so recently uh, he and his family, he and his wife actually bought a house and, and that's a great milestone achievement you know, when, when you've worked really hard and you've saved up the money and you've done the things that necessary, you, you've maintained, you've managed your credit, you've done all the things that you're supposed to do, you know, it's a milestone when you're able to, to buy a home, right? Well, unfortunately, this milestone, which should have been a celebratory thing, uh, turned into a, a, a tragedy for him and his family uh, because shortly after they purchased the home, uh, the New York Post and several other um, media outlets decided to post a picture of their home, the address to their home, and what they paid for the home. Now, of course, the media being the media didn't go into the minutiae and finite details of, of how they were able to purchase that home. It was just, hey, they spent X for this home. They're living lavishly, all of these great things, right? And this spiraled into a social media disaster whereby people were sharing this on social media, resharing this on social media, and it caused a lot of heartache and danger for the Sean King family. Uh, up to and including as a fallout of all of this, I mean, people were literally showing up to their home unannounced that they don't know, right? Which is a complete and grotesque violation uh, of someone's privacy, their home, their peace, their sanctity, all of those things, right? And of course, you know, being that he does have a wife, you know, of course, this was very concerning for his wife, his children, his, his their parents, all of these things, right? And it's gotten to a point now where they're actually going to have to move out of their home, right? For the safety, security, and well-being of their family, right? And I take issue with this because, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, uh, they purchased that money, you know, from, you know, Sean King doing his work on behalf of, you know, the people who passed away due, due to police brutality and all of these great things. He's profiting off of death, all of these misnomers. And if you don't know what a misnomer is, it is a mischaracterization of the situation, right? Again, people running without facts, right? So, you know, I want to spend some time talking about this because number one, right, I want to talk about uh, a number of things like the definition of what social activism and, and, and what uh, civil rights activism is. But more importantly, I want to talk directly to Sean King and others like him in our community who have a bit of means, right, who have amassed a little bit of success uh, a public profile and a little bit of financial wherewithal so we can discuss how it is that you go about protecting these gains, right? And shielding yourself and lowering or mitigating the risk as much as you possibly can for uh, these types of things to happen to you. So first and foremost, right? I asked a question at the beginning uh, of this podcast episode and, and the question is very simple. When is it that social activism and civil rights activism uh, became synonymous with the word poverty, right? 
So in order for us to really understand this, let's look at the definition of social activism. Let's start there, right? So let's look at that. I have that on the screen now. And if you're looking at the screen, what you see, the definition of social activism is working with other people to bring about change in society. Now of note here is the fact that I don't see the word and be po and be in poverty to be able to do it and live in poverty to be a social activist. There is nothing relative to the word poverty. Poverty does not appear in this definition. So I want to point that out because that's very, very important. Now, let's move on and let's go ahead and look at the definition of a civil rights activist. So a civil rights activist is a leader of a political movement dedicated to securing equal opportunity for members of minority groups. Again, of note here is the fact that I don't see the word poverty or anything relating to poverty being a requirement of being a civil rights activist or a social activist. So I wanna, you know, I wanna point that out because that's very, 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 very important. Now, for, for posterity purposes, I do wanna define the definition of poverty. And the definition of poverty is the state of being extremely poor. Now, I'm gonna put a pin in those definitions for a second because we're gonna come back to those in a later portion of this section uh, of this podcast episode. And we're going to talk about some very key things and we're going to examine some things within this community that we need to examine. Uh, you know, if, you, if you've been following me a long enough time, uh, you know that I'm very clear uh, on calling things what they are, speaking from the facts, and coming to logical, clear conclusions. And so that's what we're going to do today. But before I get into some of the issues that I have with the community surrounding this situation, I first wanna talk directly to the, the concept of protecting gains. And what does it mean to protect gains? So protecting gains uh, for a, a person or a group can mean a number of different things. So number one, it could be taking legislative action uh, for the purpose of being able to protect the gains you've made in a civil rights uh, fight or in a civil rights uh, discussion or in the advancement of civil rights for a disenfranchised community of color, right? So sometimes what you do is you work really hard uh, to advance the, the goals and initiatives of the community to make the community better. And in order to be able to protect those gains, uh, you have to fight for legislative action at the state and federal level to be able to get things in writing that are going to protect the progress that the overall community has made and those in the community who have been leading the charge, raising the awareness, et cetera, et cetera. You know, uh, the progress that's been made because of the, through their actions and because of their actions, you know, sometimes you have to protect those gains with legislative action, right? So part of you know, being a, a, a protecting gains is, is making sure uh, that we are fighting for legislation. So that's one way that you can protect gains. Now, how do you protect gains personally, right? So personally protecting gains is you work really hard, you know, you, you make a little bit of money, you become successful, you're a public figure, you're out there in, in, on social media, you're out there in the public eye, and you have to be able to protect your family, right? And so what that can mean is sometimes we have to engage in uh, corporate structures and corporate strategies 
to be able to protect our gains, such as our, our cash or cash equivalents, our, our currency, uh, our, our property, our assets, right? We want to protect those gains. We don't want people coming around trying to take those things from us, number one. Number two, we don't want people showing up to assets that we own, like real estate homes that we live in, right, that our families live in, uh, to, to cause problems or to scare our family or to harass our family and put us in a dangerous situation. I think what people don't realize is that when you're engaged, especially uh, when you're a public figure in general, right, and I can speak to this firsthand, but especially when you're doing social activist work or civil rights activist work, you know, you're, you're, you're constantly in danger. You're putting your life at risk all the time because as you're fighting for these gains, there are people that are on the other side that don't want to see these gains happen, right? And so that puts your life at an elevated level of risk. So protecting gains is very important. Now, when we talk about protecting gains personally, what we need to be discussing is corporate structure, right? So this portion of the conversation is specifically for people like Sean King, Tamika Mallory, Patrice Collars, and others uh, that have means within our community that they need to protect, that they have gains that they need to protect, right? I want to discuss how you go about doing something like that to be able to live comfortably, be able to invest your money into the things that you want to invest in to grow more money uh, for yourself without having to let the average person or the general populace into your business. You know, and, and I want to know that I want you to know that the things that I'm sharing here um, I employ as well, right? I employ them and, and similar things. You know, I've created a very complex corporate structure to be able to protect my own gains and the gains of my family because I don't, A, want people to know what I have or what I don't have, right? Because it's none of their business. And number two, right? I'm not interested in, you know, uh, people showing up at, at, at properties that I own and, and vandalizing these properties and things of that nature. So therefore I've had to create a very complex corporate structure uh, to be able to protect my assets, protect the gains, et cetera, et cetera. So let's talk through that, right? One of the first things that we have to understand, and guys, I want you to know that, you know, this is a little bit more advanced than where we are on hashtag for the free Fridays, but it is something that I'm going to delve much deeper into as we get into the business development portion of hashtag for the free Fridays. So if you get lost in this, it's okay, don't worry, because I am going to go into this in very uh, extensive detail um, through hashtag for the free Friday when I get into the business side and business development side of things. But for today, I need to have this discussion because it's very, very important because there are people whose lives are at danger and somebody, you know, Sean King specifically and his family has been put in a serious situation. And, you know, so I need to discuss this today. Now, the first thing that we need to deal with when we're talking about protecting gains, right, is understand is a, is a mindset. It's a mindset that you have to have. And let me tell you what that mindset is. It's very important to understand that you don't need to necessarily own the assets in your name directly to maintain ownership of those assets, right? Let me say that again. You don't need to own the assets in your name personally or in the name of a family member personally uh, to be able to maintain ownership of these assets. You can own these assets indirectly through corporations. And let me explain what I mean by that. Okay, so number one, 
let's say, you know, me, Frederick Scott right now goes out and buys a house, right? Yay. And let's say that house is, the address is one, two, three Main Street, right? If I wanna protect that house, protect that asset, protect that gain, right? And prevent people from being able to discover who purchased the house as an individual, what person, physical person purchased that house, then what I'll do is I'll set up an LLC in the with this uh, with a similar name to the address of the property. So if the address for the property is 123 Main Street, then what I would do is set up 123 Main Street LLC, right? And that limited liability company would then own that asset. Now wait, right? Because of course, you know, anybody that knows a little bit about digging around, if you just have that LLC and you own that LLC, may, depending on which state you incorporated in, be able to still figure out who has, who, which physical person has ownership of that asset, right? So we'll take it a step further. So then what we'll do is that LLC, right? One, two, three Main Street LLC, will then be owned by another LLC. And that LLC will own one, two, three uh, Main Street LLC, which owns the property. And then if I wanna take it even a step further, what I can do is then have the parent LLC owned by a trust. You see how this works? And the beneficiaries of the trust are not disclosed. So what does that mean, right? I've got three separate structures in place that make it very, very, very difficult to discover ownership of this asset. And by doing it that way, right, I make it very difficult for prying eyes like the press. I make it very difficult for the average person to then come in, figure out that I own the property. If they're coming to do me some harm, show up to my property and scare and threaten my family, right? But here's the interesting thing. The beneficiary of the trust can be you if you want it to be, it can be your children. And at the end of the day, what you've done is you've put a corporate structure, right? In place, right? To be able to protect your gain. And that is so very important. And I wanna know, I want you to know that I'm providing an overview here because there's a lot of details and minutia that go into this that I'd be more than happy to speak with Sean King directly offline, right? To discuss face to face. And I'd be more than happy to help you structure something, hashtag for the free. So let me put that out there, right? Because I'm very much a supporter of you and your work and what you're doing. And I think that you should be able to protect your gains. So I'd be willing to do that work, hashtag for the free. That's easy, right? Not a problem. But I do want to, I wanted to share this brief overview about corporate structure and a way that you can go about protecting your gains using corporate structure. And by protecting your gains, you're able to then protect your family. And by being able to protect your family, I mean, you know, nothing is perfect, right? Now, let's be clear. Nothing is perfect. But at the end of the day, by setting up corporate structures to own assets, right? And to, and to hold my gains, my whether it's real estate, whether it's securities, rather whatever it is, right? By setting up corporate structures, what I'm allowing myself to do is mitigate the risk, right? That comes with being successful. Mitigate the risk of people being able to figure out what I have, what I own, what, I, uh, what, what, what my quote unquote net worth is and all of those things and broadcasting it over social media right? 
So I wanted to cover that because I thought that was very important. And I hope, you know, if Sean King sees this video, I hope this is very helpful for him. Uh, and, you know, so there's that, right? So I hope this is very helpful for you. Uh, and there's an email in, in my about us if you want to reach out to me directly and have a, a more extended discussion about this. Now, let's deal in some facts, right? Because I like facts. You know, for me, facts have no feelings, right? Only people do. Now, remember, I, we have now discussed and we have looked up the term social activism. We've gotten a definition for that. I told y'all we was coming back to this, right? And we have also looked up the term civil rights activist, right? And what we have determined here, right, is that there is no word, there is no such word as poverty listed anywhere in the definition of social activism or civil rights activism. And that's very important because I think our community has a misapprehension or a misunderstanding of the facts and has this thought that because you do work on behalf of the community, because you fight for the community, that you should somehow do that and, and while living hand to mouth, right? So let's talk about that. So first of all, I need the community to make that make sense, right? So definitely leave me a comment in, 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 in the comments of this, of this podcast episode. I need the community to make that make sense because last I checked, right? When you are fighting and trying to advance the, the progress of an entire community, when you are out there putting your face, your name on the line every single day to raise this awareness, when you are flying to different states to be able to do that, the truth of the situation is last I checked, and I mean, you know, I'm not the smartest man in the world, but last I checked, you couldn't show up to an airport and say, I'm a social activist, and they give you a, a, a free plane ticket to go where you're going to be able to make your impact in whatever state, county, city that you're going to at that moment. Last I checked, social activists or civil rights activists have to pay the same ticket price as everybody else. So where does that money come from? Hmm? Can somebody tell me where that money comes from? Because if you think that 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 this this all happens for free, it doesn't. Let's look at something else, right? Okay, when it, when when the community, right, when when a civil rights activist or social activist organizes a rally, organizes a protest, organizes a sit-in, or does anything like that, right? While the people that may be marching are marching as volunteers because they believe in, in, in what is happening and they believe in the movement and they believe in advancing the initiatives of our community, right, for the betterment of our community. The fact of the matter is the t-shirts that they wear, if those t-shirts are, are movement-based t-shirts, uh, the signs that they carry, the bullhorns, the cars that are being driven, all of this stuff costs money. None of this stuff is free, right? So who pays for that? Oftentimes what you find, if you want to be truthful about the situation and nobody ever wants to talk about this part, so I'm going to talk about it, right? Oftentimes what you find is for most social activists, most civil rights activists that are out here raising awareness and fighting, right? A lot of them spend a lot of their own money on doing this, right? So a lot of them have regular nine to fives and they go out and do this where they can find time to do it and they spend their own capital resources, their own time, their own effort, their own energy, right? 
to be able to effectuate and raise awareness on behalf of an entire community. So what I want to understand is, right, when we look at the definition of earned here, right, which is obtain money in return for labor and services, why is it if these people are doing the work, making the fight, they're raising the awareness, why is it that they should not benefit from their hard work and effort in the same capacity that you do when you go to work at your nine to five? Nobody asks you to work for free. So why is it that when there is an opportunity for them to receive some sort of financial benefit from their hard work in raising awareness, we as a community have an issue with that? Somebody hashtag make that make sense for me because it's not making sense. I don't understand. Can you clarify it for me? Now, let's talk about something else, right? Everybody wants these people to, to live hand to mouth. Everybody feels like social activists, everybody in our community anyway, feels that these social activists and these civil rights activists should live hand to mouth while they fight for the benefit of the community, right? A lot of people in our community are talking like that, right? And I wanna look at this for what it is, right? Let's look at what happens here when people stand up, raise their voices and fight on our behalf or our civil rights, our civil liberties and the basic rights of our humanity, right? Let's look at what the impact is, right? So, okay, let's talk about the work of people like Sean King, Tamika Mallory and Patrice Collars, right? So let's talk about that impact, okay? Let's see what that impact looked like because what you don't realize is what they are doing, right? Is shaping public opinion surrounding issues that affect our community negatively, right? So let's look at the impact of their work, right? I like to look at impact. Again, facts have no feelings, only people do. George Floyd's family netted $27 million in a settlement. Unheard of. It was the largest settlement in history, right? For an African-American person who had been uh, 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 killed or murdered or whose life had been taken uh, by a police officer. Largest settlement in United States history. On top of that, right, if that's not enough, right, right, if that's not enough impact, let's talk about some more impact, right? Derek Chauvin, the officer that put his foot on his neck, right, and killed George Floyd, right? He got sentenced to 22 years, 22 and a half years, excuse me, in prison. He was fully held accountable for his actions. Why do you think that happened? If nobody is raising the awareness, raising the voice, raising the issue, right? Working tirelessly day in and day out to shape the public opinion, to be uh, uh, shape the public opinion to our benefit, to highlight these issues so that way change and accountability can happen. George Floyd, unfortunately, would have just been another black man killed by a police officer. But because of the work of people like Sean King, Tamika Mallory, Patrice Collars, right? They, they, he was able to get, his family anyway, was able to get a measurable amount of justice and more justice than any other African-American has gotten in similar situations. So I needed to make sense. I need to, you to help me understand why it is that for all that hard work and dedication, of course, right, since they are the largest voices on this issue at this time, other nonprofit organizations outside of our community 
other corporations, for-profit corporations outside of our community are donating money to the cause. Some are doing it for to, so they can uh, uh, appease their, their shareholder base uh, through social responsibility, right? Some are doing it because they really care about what's happening in our community and think it's wrong, right? But for whatever reason they're giving, they're giving. And who are they giving to? They're giving to the people that are they see that they can physically see are doing the work, right? So now, right, of course, they are donating money. When you donate money to these organizations, please understand that these organizations have expenses, right? And these people, again, are working tirelessly day in and day out for our benefit. If there is cash flow on their balance sheets to be able, right, to continue to invest and make an impact and raise awareness at the national level and still money left over for payroll, why shouldn't they get paid? And to be clear, Sean King released his tax returns. It's not like he's raking in millions personally. It's not even close to that. It's not even like he's raking in hundreds of thousands of dollars. But if he was to pay himself a salary for all of his work, where then is the problem? If Patrice Collars decides to pay herself a salary as payroll for her work or buy property from the money that she's made uh, by paying herself a payroll check, wherein is the problem? Wherein is the problem for Tamika Mallory to do these things? Here is another issue that I have that everybody cried about. Tamika Mallory did a commercial for Cadillac and everybody said she sold out. I'm sorry, last I checked, right? Doing those types of things puts her on a bigger stage, increases the size and audience view of her platform to be able to raise social issues for our community, to raise civil rights issues for our community on a much larger audience base. What is wrong with that? That is the defect in our community. We don't understand that you have to be strategic, purposeful, and intentional with your movements if you expect, right, to be able to make the kind of impact that can be made that is going to benefit the entire community. Now, I'm going to talk about myself for a second, right? based on the definition of social activism, which is working with other people to bring about change in the society, technically then I would be a social activist because I teach financial literacy and business development free on this podcast, in addition to giving away a minimum of $1,000 every month to help people in the community be able to execute on the things I talk about. I also work with incubator firms like Generator and Northwestern Mutual's Black Founder Accelerator. I'm a business mentor in, in those places. Why? Because I'm able to widen the impact that way. So to be all truthful, I'm a social activist in a, in a certain way too. Now, in order for me to begin to get, in order for me to be able to give away a thousand dollars every month, a minimum to be able to help people, be able to execute on this information, be able to help people, right? in their financial situations in order to make that level of impact, guess what? I gotta have a few nickels in the bank. 
I couldn't do it if I didn't have the money. So in the same way that Sean King, Tamika Mallory, in the same way that Patrice Collars makes an impact with the money that they're, that they're receiving, right? I make an impact in the same way. How could I be able to do that if I was broke? You can't do it if you're broke. And that's the thing, making an impact, making a difference, making a change, hello, it costs money. It doesn't happen for free. There is cost associated with this. So what is the problem with them making money for their hard work and, 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 and time, effort, and energy? What is wrong with them earning, obtaining money in return for labor or services? What is wrong with that? I don't get it. Make it make sense. So here's what I think, right? And I saw the Samira Rice, Samaria Rice video and I see that she's back out doing the same thing. And I want to put this out for the record. I definitely did a video on her already, right? And uh, I, so I'm going to link that in the description and I'm going to make it an end card on this video. So if you want to watch that, you can. I'm not even going to waste my time, breath and energy on the lady. I think it's very unfortunate what happened to her son. But I think the way she's going about things right now is extremely incorrect. I think it's wrong, right? I think it's wrong. At the end of the day, there was a much better way to go about things. And I talked about that in a previous video that I'd be happy to drop in the description and will be dropping in the description. Now, here is what I think, right? Here is what I think. I have understood hate to be this. People don't hate what you're doing. They hate that it's you doing it, right? So, you know, and I experienced this in my own career. People always wondering why he got that. How he get that? He shouldn't have that. And you know, he don't deserve that. But it's easy to say that, right? It's easy to say that. But what you didn't see is the over 15 years of work I've put in to get to this point, right? You didn't see all the sacrifices I made, the ups, the downs, the lessons, the mistakes. You didn't see any of that, right? You see the end result and here you go. <clears throat> I don't understand why he got that. This is a typical defective mental thought process in our community. <clears throat> I don't understand why he got that. <clears throat> he shouldn't have that. He don't deserve that. Who are you to say what I deserve? But the truth of the situation is you mad because it ain't you. And that's how I feel like a lot of people feel about Sean King, Tamika Mallory, and Patrice Collars. I feel like the big issue here is you mad that it's not you. You mad. You not mad about the work they doing. You mad that it's them doing it. But the truth of the situation is you don't see how much hard work, dedication, and thankless work they've done up to this point to get this far. The difference between them and you, because you could have it too, the difference between people like us and people like haters, right? The difference is that we're willing to work for it. You ain't willing to put in the work. So that's why it's not you. So stop hating on the person. That's not cool. If you want it so bad, go out there and put in the work like we all did. That's all you got to do. It's real simple. Put in the work. People are reaping the benefits for years, over decades of work. They're reaping the rewards for their hard work and the oftentimes tire, tireless and thankless work that they do on behalf of our community. So how dare the people that speak up against them have the goal to do it when you don't have the ability to put the work ethic in, you don't have the drive and determination to put the work ethic in to do the same things that they're doing, make the impact they're making and raise the awareness the way they're raising the awareness. 
I need that to make sense. Sit down somewhere. If you want it bad enough, then go do what's necessary. Put in the time, put in the work, gain the knowledge, education, and experience to be able to make that level of impact. Okay? Do that. I need you to do that. Now, let's talk about something else. And this is the last thing I want to talk about with this because I think this is absolutely asinine, right? So, okay. Media outlets like the New York Post dropped this video, dropped a picture of his house and, and, and a picture of Sean King's house and his address, right? Why is it that so many people in our community decided to share and reshare that and laugh and make jokes and do all of that, right? Why? Why? Make it make sense. I don't understand. Why? Why would you do that, right? So why is it that we're so excited to celebrate someone's downfall? And he's not even having a downfall, but why would you celebrate that tragedy? Why would you celebrate the heartache that's happening to his family? Why would you revel in the glee of that? Why would you do that? See, this is the problem in our community. It's okay to do well as long as you're not doing better than me. That's the, that's the common mentality that most people have in our community. Now, understanding that if you just celebrate each other, protect each other, give and work hard with one another and for one another, you'd be able to benefit in the same way that other people benefit. Make it make sense. But instead, you want to share and reshare this stuff, right, which further puts his family at risk. Do you not realize that especially in Sean King's situation, it has been exposed that police officers as far as California were plotting on ways to kill this man? Yet you have the goal and audacity to further share his home and his address where his family lays his head, putting them at risk, opening the door for people to come to this man's house. Are you kidding me? If you really want to know why our community is in the position that it's in, it's because we don't protect those that should be protected. We don't come together as a community to support and protect one another. Instead, we whether laugh at it, reshare it, make jokes about it, make memes about it, make assumptions without facts about the situation. It is disgusting is what it is. The behavior is disgusting. And for you people that did that, karma is a very, very real thing. And I promise you, she is indiscriminate. And you will answer for that. You will answer for that 100%. I guarantee it. You're going to answer because you're wrong. You are wrong. And the worst part about it, right? The people that shared it the most and reveled in it most, the gleeful people that, y'all the ones that ain't doing nothing, ain't cutting no checks, ain't supporting nothing, running your mouth, sharing stuff because you got a phone and you got a little Instagram or Facebook account sharing this man's private residence happily. That's why you in the position you in now. And that's why if you keep behaving the way you are behaving, you will never raise above the position that you are in now. And if you got a little bit of something, you keep moving like this, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose it. And that's a fact. Karma comes for everyone. Y'all are disgusting who shared and reshared that. And I'm saying that straight up. That's from me to you. It's disgusting. 
We need to do better as a community, y'all. We need to do better for fighting together, supporting one another, supporting those that are putting their literal lives on the line every day for you ungrateful haters out there that's out there doing what you're doing. Folks out here fighting for you just like they fighting for their supporters. They fighting for the community as a collective. They fighting for you, you around here being ungrateful, around here reposting information that's inaccurate, around here running your mouth, talking mess, all because you mad, not at the work they doing, but the fact that it ain't you that's the one that's doing it, yet you're unwilling to put in the same amount of dedication to get where they've gotten. Hashtag make it make sense. Anyway, y'all, that's all I had to share today. That's all I wanted to say. I wanted to get that off my chest. Sean, if you see this, bruh, I'm with you. I support you. And like I said, man, I will show you corporate structure. Hashtag for the free. It'll be my privilege, brother, because I appreciate the work that people like you, Tamika Mallory, and, 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 and Patrice Callers do even on my benefit, the benefit of my family, right? You know, the benefit of the community. I respect and appreciate the work. I know how serious it is what y'all do. And I know what y'all going through and how dangerous it is for y'all to be able to be willing to go on a national stage and raise awareness in the way that y'all do. So I appreciate y'all, all right? So if any of y'all want to reach out to me and talk through corporate structure, yo, that's hashtag for the free, baby. Because I support those who fight for us 100%, all right? So with that, y'all, if y'all like this content, you know, even if you didn't like it, hit the like button or the thumbs down button. Don't matter to me anyway, baby, because it work with the algorithm all the same. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit that bell notification. Leave me a comment at the bottom of this video to let me know what you think, even if I hurt your whole little heart and you hate everything about this video. Leave a comment. Let me know, baby, because I'm definitely going to fire back. I'm very responsive in my comments. So if you, if you come around here with the foolery, I'm going to fire back. Get ready. So let's get it. Leave them comments. Hey, listen, if you ain't already a member of the hashtag Real World Live Chat community, I'm a most definitely need you to hit that join button if you want an Android phone. And if you want an iPhone, I'm most definitely going to need you to hit the link in the description or the link pinned to the comments. So you can join the hashtag Real Woke Live Chat community and be eligible to participate in the hashtag Learn to Earn Cash giveaway where I give away a minimum of $1,000 every month live right here on the hashtag Get Real Woke podcast. And before I get up out of here, y'all, Hey, listen, as I told y'all, I work with some great organizations to make a wider impact. I'm going to have the director of social impact from Generator, which is the largest venture capital backed uh, uh, incubator firm in the country on the podcast tomorrow at 7 p.m. to share the great uh, work that they doing and moving the needle towards diversity and more diversity, equity and inclusion. Uh, he's become a great friend. Uh, a great uh, colleague. I love the work they do so much that I'm actually a business mentor for them. And I do that work hashtag for the free as well. Right. It's all about impacting the community. All right, y'all. Anyway, that's all I had to have for y'all today, y'all. So with that said, hey, until the next hashtag situation Saturday. I'm out.